Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of all combat sports and today's very special guest, one of the most fashion forward, iconic sports newsman in the world, sports reporters in the world, the great Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A., great to be with you. Thanks for doing this. The honor is all mine, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, inviting me. It's, I'll do anything for my man, Teddy. How you doing, Ken? I'm, I'm great. Thank you again for doing this, Teddy. Take it away. Thank you, Stephen, for being here. How's your family and how's uh, you, all of your sisters and my favorite, favorite sister? Uh, I hope you're listening to her uh, more than you do sometimes, but how's your family? Well, you know what? I've got problems with them right now, Teddy, because see, here's the problem. Here's the all problem. Right. They, I, I love to be loved, and they yeah. love you more than they love me. I mean, I just, I just... <laughs> I mean, I'm struggling with it, Teddy. I'm trying. I'm trying oh, to get over okay. the fact that that my sister Carmen <laughs> is sitting up there. Oh my God, you're talking to Teddy. Please give him a hug for me. I love Teddy. I love Teddy. I hear that well, all the time. It's become it's becoming nauseating. Well, I love Carmen. I love your family. You have a great family. Thank and, you, man. Um, you really do. And please give my love to Carmen. And if I had one wish for Christmas, I would wish that you would listen to Carmen just a little bit more. Just a little listen, bit more. That's all. Hey, listen, I've been That's listening all. to them all my life because I was I was raised by five women, basically my four older sisters and my mother. And they I bossed know. me around all of my life. I mean, I got to be a, a, a bit of a maverick. I got to be a bit, uh, you know, just... I don't know. I just got to be a bit chaotic at times. It's just my nature, Teddy. You know how I am. You know, people always say when they see me, I can't <laughs> tell you how many people, when are you going to be on with Stephen A. again and and argue? And I say to them right away, the first thing I say is we don't argue. That's just the way we talk. Haven't you ever been yeah. in a house with brothers before? <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. That's just the way we speak. And... um. Congratulations on all your success. You've earned it. Um, Thank I'm, you, sir. I'm, I, I couldn't be happier for somebody. I know that people know you as a guy who dresses pretty darn well and a guy who speaks very well and very fast, very articulate, very intelligent. But I don't know if they know what a good person you are. And I'm not going to get carried away here. But um, that's why you're my friend. You're, you're as good as you are in everything you do professionally. You're even better as a human being. I just want well, I to start with that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. I've, I've known you for years. I love you dearly. Um, and it's people like you that help me become the way that I am. Yes, my mother deserves most of the credit. Of course, you give thanks to God and the wonderful family that I have. But when you run across people uh, who are strong-willed but fair, and they demand fairness and what have you. And, and they have a logic and a level of intellect to go along with it where they can explain and make things reasonable for you. When you're a black dude and you're growing up in the streets of New York City and you're not fortunate enough uh, to, to be in a situation where you're talking to people who come from different backgrounds, who look different than you and what have you. And, you know, sometimes you have this mindset where you think the world is against you. I was fortunate and blessed enough where... You know, my grandmom was white. Um, my, my, my mother and father, obviously, my mother was mixed. My father was black. And I was exposed to a lot of different cultures and a lot of different ethnicities. And, you know, Hispanics in my neighborhood, not just black folks and what have you. And that's what I mean by being fortunate to be surrounded by all of that and to see people who are different than you 
but to recognize that they're just as God-fearing, just as loving, just as caring, just as decent, just as fair. Um, it compelled you to be that way. And so for me, I don't take any of the credit. It's from those surroundings and my upbringing to help make me this way. So thank you. Uh, thank you. And listen, um, talking about your upbringing, you were you were a good basketball player. You played high school basketball. You played college basketball. Anybody who plays yep. college basketball, <laughs> they they were they were a good player. Um, not just I'm playing, just, Teddy on, on scholarship. Let's not well, forget on scholarship. Yeah, well, that's yeah. that's right. And and he went to one of the historic black colleges. Um, I believe it was Winston Salem. I believe. Yeah, yeah Winston Salem uh, State. Yes. Uh, yep. And listen. Out of all the sports that you report on, and it's a myriad of sports. I mean, you you cover everything really well. But what I'm going to guess it's basketball, your favorite. But yes. am I am I right? And uh, because of that background, obviously, uh, and also, who would be your favorite? And this is a little different. Who would be your favorite athlete uh, to cover? Um, because you just talked on some things that are important about not just talent, but as far as character, as far as, you know, upbringing, things like that. And every athlete from different sports represents themselves and their sport, if you will, uh, in, in different ways because of where they come from. Who is your, again, basketball is your favorite sport? Okay. Who's your favorite athlete to interview? Well, my favorite athlete, would have been Muhammad Ali. That's my all-time favorite. I never had the I never had the privilege to interview him. Um, that was one of the biggest things that never happened for me in my career. But uh, in my mind, he was the greatest. He personified everything uh, that I imagined an athlete should be and could be made of. Uh, wasn't just his skill set, but his intestinal fortitude, uh, the level of adversity that came his way, and his willingness to stand up and face it. Um, and the way that he did definitely resonated with me. And as a reporter, you have to remember, you know, contrary to what people want to believe, you're never looking for just the performance. You're looking for the story. It's the story that's compelling. The performance is the culmination of it all. It's the culminating point. You know, I can talk about you and what you've done in the ring. I can talk about you and what you've done on the court of play or the field of play. But that's fine. That that's final. That's that's what that's what where your greatness is displayed. But in other ways, when you have so much that comes along with that athlete, where he's doing stuff outside the ring, off the field or court of play, and really revealing, you know, just the inner sanctum of who he is and what he stands for, and she is that as well. Those are the kind of things that have always fascinated me. In my career, believe it or not, the closest that came to that was Allen Iverson. Because when I covered Allen Iverson in Philadelphia, um, as, as you know, the first time NBA reporter, Allen Iverson was incarcerated uh, unfairly in a lot of our eyes, uh, sentenced to 15 years in prison, granted clemency by an African-American governor and Governor Douglas Wilder of Virginia, comes out, goes to Georgetown, faces, you know, a shrapnel or racial epithets being thrown in his direction, so much so that John Thompson threatened to take the team off the court if signs weren't removed, stuff like that. And then to come into the pros and then ultimately after his rookie year to rock the cornrows and the tattoos, no matter how you felt about it, whether even you disagreed about it, it was clearly a statement that was being made by him 
that I was going to stand up against this system that I felt oppressed me. And as a guy who knew Allen Iverson, he wasn't a guy that looked at, you know, white folks or Hispanic folks or anybody like that and said, because you're different than me, this is who you are. He was truly one of those individuals that measured you by the content of your character because there were white folks in his life who loved him dearly and supported him and treated him as such. And there were black people who turned their backs on him. Some, not all, but I'm just saying that the kind that 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 the existence of that made him somebody that primarily focused on the content of the character that the people he was dealing with, as opposed to just the color of their skin. And because he was that way, as a reporter, you had to be mindful of that. And you had to make sure that you were a guy that was on an up and up. You were a guy that was a straight shooter, because if you were different, he would know. And he would not like you because of it. And he certainly would never trust you. And I was honored that I was somebody um, that gained his trust and that had that for the better part of my career covering basketball with him. Now, that's a great story. Are you still have an, do you still have a relationship with Ivan? We talk at least twice a Ivanson? month. Ah, beautiful. We talk at least twice a month. We talk all the time. Where would you put him as far as uh, God's you know, God play. I mean, there's so many great guards in in basketball. I mean, forget about it. But where would you fit him? Because I well, think I that's you, I think he fits somewhere uh, as fits great somewhere. as still he, is this. He's an all. He's a Hall of Famer. Here's the issue. He's at the top of the heat, tier one, top of the charts when it comes to heart, being a warrior, and, and you can appreciate that. Just imagine there's a fighter, and we've seen you do it over the years, time and time again, Teddy, when you're in somebody's face and you're demanding that they peel something out of them that they may not even know exists in order to survive and ultimately prosper. Allen Iverson was the guy you didn't have to do that to. The minute he stepped inside on a basketball court or to use a, bos a boxing analogy, had he been one that stepped into the ring. The last thing you would ever have to worry about is him showing heart and a warrior's mentality inside the ring. You'd have to worry about the conditioning. You'd have to worry about his commitment to training. But once he stepped inside that squared circle, you wouldn't have had to worry about what he was going to give you in terms of what he had available to him. That was him on the basketball court. He was six feet. He was a six foot guard, 165 pounds soaking wet and he went into the land of giants on a night in night out basis. And in my entire career covering him, i never, ever, ever once saw him back down to any challenge that was thrown in his direction. He rose up and he answered the call on most occasions. And I believe if it weren't for Shaq in his prime, and I think everybody knows this. If it wasn't for Shaq in his prime and Kobe, who had emerged as a star, mm -hmm. Allen Iverson would be a champion. Because that's the only thing that could have stopped him that year, the year he won MVP in two thousand and one. What do you, since Juan Iverson? I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because obviously it's out there. It's one of the famous, infamous, whatever you want to call it, uh, iconic uh, rants of all time. Practice. Practice. Are we talking yeah. about practice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, listen, it was a mistake on his part. He knows how that made him look. Uh, but there was a lot that was going on. One of his best friends, 
Uh, a matter of fact, well, there was a time when Alan Iverson and I were so angry at each other. We didn't speak to each other for eight months. This is why I was wow. covering the beat. Really? This is why, wow. this is why I was covering the beat, uh, because he didn't like a story that I had written about him. Uh, but I didn't care because it was it was for public consumption and there was stuff that he was doing in public. If it's your private life, that's different. But if you're going to yeah, do something so. in front of a bunch of people, I'm going to call it like I see it. And so yeah. when I talked about that, he had a real big problem with me. He was very upset with me and I didn't give a damn. And we didn't talk for eight months. And the person that I'm about to bring up is uh -huh. the one that brought us back together. We met at a nightclub on Spring Garden Street um, at 2.30 in the morning for Alan Iverson and I to meet and make amends. His name was Ra, R-A, Ra. And Alan Iverson loved him dearly. And he was killed that week. So he had recently been murdered. And then on top of it all, not only had he been murdered when Alan Iverson went on his practice tile, uh, his practice rant, but also he was so offended that the, the 76ers were talking about trading him, looking to move him. It was highly offensive to him because he's like, what are we talking about here? He said, I, I go out on the court and I play like every game is my last. I give my heart and soul and 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 I'm a leader scorer in this league. And, you know, I'm a, I'm an MVP and I'm this and I'm that. We, he said, we, we talking to, he said, we're talking about practice, man. You talking about trading me because of practice? That's what you're talking about doing? He, he couldn't believe it. It was like, See, that's it was where so it's just, So that's where it goes to. It's not just yes. like he didn't, it's not the way right. it came across, where right. people were just saying, I don't want to practice. I'm, I'm, I'm so good, I don't need to practice. It, right. That's the way it was put out there for that's right. the public. But it, right. it was a lot he deeper was saying, than he that. He was saying, I can't believe. In other words, he was like, Look at this team. Look at this roster. Look at what I bring to the table. Look at the superstar I am in this league. And you're telling me you're trying to trade me because you don't like my practice habits. I yeah, can't believe yeah. that we're having this discussion. And that's what he was saying. I'm glad we talked about that. I'm glad I, I asked that because yeah. that really puts a different light on what people to this day yeah. think about what that rant if you will was all about and it wasn't yes. really about the way uh the, the way it was presented to be about correct correct hey guys want to take a minute to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors today first up athletic greens been with us from the beginning you know i love this stuff i take it every day mix a scoop of it in 12 ounces of water it's a, basically a daily vitamin in the form of a green drink it's made from 75 whole food source ingredients so regardless of whether you're eating the healthiest diet in the world you're bound to miss some of the vitamins and minerals that are important to have in your system every day no need to worry with Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas for five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D. Um, those travel packs are invaluable. I travel with them all the time. Single serve packets. Can't go wrong. Athleticgreens.com slash atlas to claim your five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D. Also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Olipop. Get it popping with Olipop. Go to drinkolipop.com. Use the promo code ATLAS to save 25% off your purchase. This is basically an alternative, a healthy alternative to traditional soda. Can of the ginger lemon only has two grams of sugar compared with three, 39 grams of sugar from a, a can of Coca-Cola. Uh, I love this stuff. As I've been saying for weeks, I share it with my children. It's like their reward for, uh, for, for doing well in school or sports. They get to have an Olipop 
Olipop with us at dinner. So go to drinkolipop.com, use the promo code ATLAS to save 25%. And guys, as a reminder, go to teddyatlas.com to get our new t-shirts. There'll be more merch being posted there periodically. But right now we've got two versions of our shirt. We've got the one that I've been wearing in the shows for the past year or two. And we've got a beautiful uh, special edition Eric Hayes designed logo. Again, says the fight with Teddy Atlas on the front and back with Eric's iconic stars and crowns. Um, give it a try. TeddyAtlas.com. Use the expedited shipping uh, if you're ordering before Christmas. And if it's after Christmas, well, get your order in and you don't have to pay up for the expedited shipping. TeddyAtlas.com for all your Teddy Atlas merch. Let me, talking about rants, talking about things that have become iconic talking about things that are are out there that the fans grab on to uh it is television it is entertainment um where did your feud and disdain for the dallas cowboys and their fans <laughs> and their fans because i know it's more about the fans where did that come from steven they just annoyed the living hell out of me teddy it doesn't matter <laughs> if they're one if they're one in 15 and the season is over on January 7th at 7 p.m. Uh-huh. By 7.15 p.m., you know we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? <laughs> I mean, this is who they are. And they, uh-huh. never take, they never take a moment to smell their own stench. They're always the champions in PR. They're always <laughs> the champions in, 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 in back pages. They're always the champions in making headlines and stuff like that. And, and they walk around like they're the champions all the time. And that is what just get. I mean, everywhere, young, old, black, white, Latino, it doesn't matter. Wherever I go, I swear to you, and I've said this, and I mean this, if a nuclear bomb dropped, three things will come out of the hole. <laughs> it would be rats, it would be roaches, and it would be a Dallas Cowboy thing. They, 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 they're everywhere. They're just everywhere. You can't escape them. It's just, that, that, it drives that, that, me nuts. That, that, that ain't going to get the. That ain't gonna get their love, Stephen. That that ain't gonna that ain't gonna <laughs> I don't want it. change I don't want them. It. That's not no, gonna dissuade their their Doesn't bother right me now. at all. Doesn't, all right. it's, but it's all fun. It's all I in sports. It. All you right. know, it's all in sports. Of I make course. fun at them. I love it when they're miserable because their team is losing. I love it. <laughs> I, I especially I especially love it when they lose over the holidays. When they lose over the holidays, <laughs> well, it really makes me happy. Well, really they gave does. you a present. They gave you a present yesterday. Exactly. They gave, exactly. They gave you a present. They, exactly. I didn't. I didn't see your great show this morning, but I'm. I'm. I don't have to be the amazing Kreskin to figure that what you were talking about a little bit That's there. Right. That's right. Exactly. Well, listen. What, what did you think about this. that loss? Seriously, I mean, that was I, I, that was a I good laughed. loss. I laughed. I laughed <laughs> because because here's the deal. Their defense. We've been talking about how elite their defense was for weeks. All of a sudden, you go up against Jacksonville and yep. you can't stop. You can't stop a cold. You're up 27 to 10. <laughs> they score 21 unanswered points. And then yeah. ultimately they end up outscoring you, outscoring you 30 to 7 the rest of the way. Where was that defense then? So I was very, very happy. I have to admit. <laughs> I have to admit. Uh, Ken, go ahead. Uh, say hey, something to my man. Hey Steve, first friend. of all, it's an it's an honor to speak with you. Big fan. Yes, I love the uh, I love every I love this. I love your material. Um Thank I you. know that early before you transferred to um Winston-Salem on the basketball scholarship, I know you went to uh, did you go to Fashion Institute of Technology? Yes, in New York? I did. 
Yes, I did. Was, yes, I did. It doesn't surprise me with your fashion sense. What was the? Uh, <laughs> what, what was? What, what was the? Uh, uh, come on, his head's big enough, that? Ken. Ken, if I knew you were going to throw him these kind of softballs, I wouldn't let you get in there. Please, please. <laughs> well, Carmen, you're talking to a legend here. Well, listen, Carmen. I was, um, I was coming out of high school. I was five nine, one hundred and thirty pounds. I was like, you could blow in my direction, and I'd fade away. Um, and I didn't have any Division One scholarships coming my way. There's a couple of Division Two schools talking to me, but I heard about fashion and technology, and I was like, okay, they got a communications program. I had just dropped 27 points in the tournament for Thomas Edison High School uh, at FIT, and the coach came to me on the spot, and it was a partial scholarship, so I was happy about that. And then this is the thing, too. They were ranked 15th in the nation. Um, when I went there, 35 and four, uh, Marvin Rippey was an exceptional coach with an exceptional reputation. And the beauty of that also is that, look, I'm a young guy um, at the time and what have you. And, you know, there's I don't pass judgment against everybody. I'm very liberal in my thinking. I'm only I'm only conservative with my finances. I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm a social <laughs> I'm a social liberal. Live and let live. But the thing about it is, is that the school was known for fashion and it wasn't too many men there. And then the men that did go there were, were gay. Well, here was the beauty of that. All the women paid attention to the basketball team. <laughs> so when I went there, it was like we went there and we, you know, we just had a blast because no, we were getting, sure. we were garnering all attention from the females. So I looked at all of that <laughs> and I said, I don't mind being here. And I went. Yeah. Good for you. I, I want to just say that I think you're an excellent role model. You mentioned race a couple times, and uh, I have an adopted daughter from Ethiopia, and I think you're not, I think, but you are one of the people that I show her as examples of people that are just out there doing the damn thing. And, um, very proud, very very proud of everything that you've done, and uh, I've already downloaded your book, Straight Shooter, coming out yeah. January seventeenth. Seventeenth, yes, sir. January seventeenth, yes, Straight Shooter. I'm dying to listen to it. I listen to everything while I run, and uh, yeah, congrats on all your success, man. I, I don't want to keep you from keep you from Teddy, but uh, thank you for doing this. Real honor, yeah. and uh, appreciate you. Well, I appreciate it. It's just an obligation to be, again, we get back to the fair-mindedness. And I mean, if, if I sat up there and I looked at people purely, as, as, you know, from the color of their skin and I generalized and, and I labeled, well, first of all, I wouldn't have the friends that I have. Secondly, I wouldn't be paying attention to people's character because I'm paying attention to something differently. And thirdly, I wouldn't be as fair-minded as I want people to be. And so for me, you know, that's not to say that, that, that racism doesn't exist, that prejudice doesn't exist, that there aren't some people out there who think like that. But by and large, I think most of us are God-fearing, decent human beings that, that, that preach about right and wrong. And you can't, you can't be one who preaches about it if you never practice it. And I yeah. think that somebody like, you know, I love Teddy, you know, they, you know, I don't give a damn what black person you, you bring in front of me. If they ain't family, if they ain't family, I can't imagine I love them more than I love Teddy. Teddy and I go back years and, and he's somebody that I love and cherish and I cherish our friendship and I cherish our relationship. And it's not just me, but my family loves Teddy. They really, really do. They see him all the time. So it's, 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 it's an honor to be here. I appreciate it, Stephen. It's, you know, I love you too. 
And um, for the reasons I said, and you, you just mentioned four things. I'll mention a fifth thing that, obviously, that you would never have mentioned. But you worked all day. You're in uh, that suit for a reason. You worked on the air all day, and you're shopping. You're in a mall shopping, and you're, and you're in a Roots Chris Steakhouse because you, you made a commitment to do this show with us, and uh, you had to go find a room. <laughs> and, yeah. and quite frankly, there are people that would have said, you know what, I, I can't do it right now. But you're, you're not that person. And that's why I uh, appreciate you as, as a person. Like I said, not just as a fast talker, not just as a guy who sometimes argues with me and doesn't listen to me quite enough, quite enough. But, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but as a person, I love because of what you are and because of what you do and the choices you make. So um, I, I, I want to ask you, why are we, and I know this is going to get Stephen A. riled up a little tiny bit, but why do we not have Spence Crawford in boxing right now? Why is that fight not taking place oh, right now? You know, you know, it's Seriously. interesting. Terry, I got a call a few weeks ago, and some guys were trying to explain to me what happened. And because they had, you know, a couple of promoters. I'm not going to mention their names, but they had a problem with the fact that, you know, I was calling out promoters. And I said, listen, it's the truth. The fact of the matter is, is that, until you show me a fighter that's running from another fighter, I'm going to look at the promoters because y'all are holding sure. the sports hostage. I said, this is why I've raved about Dana White for the UFC all the time. I don't get into a lot of stuff. and I don't get into a lot of stuff that a lot of people get into, but I will tell you this. Dana White gives the UFC fans the fights they want to see when they want to see it. He's not making them wait three years, four years, five years. You want to see this fight? You willing to pay to see this fight? I'm going to give it to you right now. And I really, really think that boxing needs a figure like that overseeing the sport. Because we've gotten to a point, guys, where if you got one loss or two losses, somebody thinks your career is over. That makes no sense. I mean, I grew up. I, I mean, I grew up in the age not of in the UFC, sport. Stephen. Not in the not UFC. In UFC. Not in the UFC. I'm talking about boxing. I yeah. mean, you got to. I grew up watching Ali Foreman. Frazier, Ernie Shavers. I mean, I mean, Lord have mercy. The list, Ron Lyle. The list goes on and on. I grew up watching these guys. I mean, I'm looking at Sugar Ray, Roberto Duran. You know, Tommy the Hitman Hearns. I remember Pepino Cuevas when he got knocked out by Hitman Hearns and Tommy stuff Hearns, like that. Yeah. The marvelous, the marvelous Marvin Hagler. The list goes on and on. And, and I'm watching. Penel Whitaker. Uh, don't forget That's Sweepy. Right, Penel, let, let me let me gotta get Sweepy. One of the greatest ever. God rest his soul. The Felix yep. Trinidad's of the world and the Oscar De La Hoya, the list goes on and on. And you have to give people the fights when they want to see it. We're not getting that from boxing. And this is the latest example. There is no reason on earth uh, Spence, uh, you know, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford have not signed on the dotted line to fight as of yet. I was very proud because I had Ryan Garcia's team reach out and they said he signed on the dotted line. He and Javante Davis are going to fight in April. You know, they came on first take. They, they confirmed it. I called Javante Davis' side. They're like, we're doing this. This fight is happening, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, that is a fight people want to see. They've been talking smack to one another for the longest. They're in the same weight class. Let's make it happen. That's Who wins that fight, Steven? To be. You know what, Ken? I got to tell you. I don't know. Here's what I think. Tank can take a punch. I'm not sure he needs to take an abundance of punches for Ryan Garcia. With the quickness and the speed, I'm not sure. But I do know this. I saw Ryan Garcia get dropped. 
And if he gets dropped like that against Javante Davis, he's not surviving. Nobody is surviving after Javante Davis catches you, after Tank Davis catches you. He's the lightweight Mike Tyson as far as I'm concerned. Punches so are born. To punches, as I always say, Stephen A., punches. Punches. punches are born. They're not made. And, um, right. and Javante was born to punch. You're absolutely correct. And I'll tell you this. Only thing I would say to him, I forgot. Who's the miniature dude, Isaac, that he fought? Pitbull. Cruz. Yeah. The Pitbull, Isaac, Isaac, Cruz. Isaac Cruz. Let me tell you what I loved about the Isaac Cruz fight. Isaac Cruz is not spectacular, but he, he's good. He's very good defensively. He's got power. He stalks. He doesn't back up. And he stalked Javante Davis. And to watch Javante Davis evade his punches the way that he did was very impressive to me because I never saw him do that before. I saw him be willing to take punches in order to catch somebody, and he'd take them out that way. I didn't see a guy that was, that, that was evasive. I saw, that against, I, I saw that against Isaac, and I said, you know something? Javante Davis can box a hell of a lot better than I thought. But Ryan Garcia is longer, is taller, has a tremendous jab, tremendous hook, and tremendous speed. It can go either way. But if Javante catches him, it's lights out. Now, I agree with you. What you just said, more importantly, about Javante at the end there, Stephen, where he's he's a complete fighter. He's not just a puncher. That that right. guy that guy can box. That guy he could go he get you. He he could counter. His defense is responsible. Yeah. I mean, he knows what the hell he's doing inside that squared circle. Correct. And I would agree with you. It's kind of the fight where there's no margin for error with. Garcia. Garcia would have to fight as close to a perfect fight as possible to win that fight where I could see Tank making some mistakes and possibly overcoming it. But for me, Garcia would have to control the outside, would have to really make him pay to get in, you know, charge him punches for real yes. estate. Instead of $10 for uh, a foot of land, charge him three punches for a foot yep. of land. And he would have to control that, that you know, outside that range and could not afford to allow Tank Davis to get close enough Teddy, to catch him. Can I throw this analogy at you? Yeah. Thinking about what you just described. Yeah. Think about what you just described. You know what I see that as and I compare that to? Your description, that is. Yeah. Sugar Ray Hearns won. When Hearns stayed away, used yeah. the jab, messed up that retina, okay, damaged him, damaged him, but couldn't stay away in the end when Sugar Ray finally caught him, hurt him, yeah. not just with headshots, but with body shots and ultimately finished him in like the 14th round. Yeah, right? well, you still have 15-round fights. You still have 15 rounds. He, he would have ran out of time today. That's right. Today That's he would have ran, ran out of time. time. He would have ran out of time today, but not then. And what I'm saying is, Sugar Ray, when Angelo Dundee said, you're losing it, baby, you're losing it. And you're Sugar blowing stalked. it, kid. You're, you're blowing, blowing it, kid. You're blowing it, kid. You're blowing it, kid. And Sugar stalked him. I'm saying that Tank, if Ryan Garcia has a chance, it's to fight like Hearns fought in that fight and stay away from Javante Davis because Javante Davis at some point is going to stalk him because he's that kind of fighter where he's willing to take a chance or get knocked out to come get you. He's well, willing to kind do of it. Fight. No, I, listen, I'm 100%. I agree with you. I don't agree with you that often, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you here where it's the kind of fight where Ryan Garcia has to put his ego in his pocket. 
You know, he can't yes. be out there proving anything. Like, you know, like I can Correct. punch too. I, you know, I got yep. this left hook, this guy, which he does. He has a beautiful kind of left hook. You know, I, I can crack too. I can do. No, forget all that. You better show how you can box and how consistent you can mm-hmm. box and you can own, own yes. the outside right. of that ring all night right. long. And you, gotta, and you also and, and listen. He was he was at Floyd Money Mayweather's camp for years. He's got to use the skills that Floyd Money Mayweather used against Diego Corrales. That's what he's got to use. I'm talking about Javante. He, he yeah, he, to, took, he, him he, he took him apart. Floyd took him apart. Took he him took apart. him apart. He yeah. took him apart. And that's what Javante. Because see, if that, but that's only if Ryan comes at him the way Diego Corrales came at Floyd because Floyd wasn't known as a puncher. The difference is Devontae is known as a puncher, so Ryan Garcia should be smart enough, wise of enough, to of keep course. his distance and stay away. Of hey, course. Steven, who's who's number one on your pound-for-pound list? And, Teddy, why is he crazy? I, I don't I think he's you, crazy. I will, I, will, <laughs> I, will te- I will tell you this. I will tell you this. There's a lot of things to take into consideration. Once upon a time, it was Canelo. That's not the case now. He lost to Baval. We saw that. We saw he got picked apart there. Uh, but the other thing is this. I would tell you, I'm thinking it's it's hard to pick between Terrence Crawford and 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 um and uh Errol Spence Jr. Um Javante Davis is up there. You know what name I'm gonna throw out you guys though? Better be if everyone's running from this guy. He's a monster at the light heavyweight division. What about Bevel? Bevel's pretty damn good. He's a, you know. Bevel? Bevel? Uh, yeah. Bevel, no, 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 Bevel. You're the college. You went to I college. Did. I didn't go to college. So you know how to pronounce <laughs> that it. stuff. I, All right. I will tell All you right. this. Better BF, I think, would take him out. I really do. Well, he's I the puncher. Everybody. He is I the think, puncher. Think, yeah, but not just that. He comes. He stalks. And some, and not only that, he's not bad. He's cut, he cuts off the ring. He cuts off the ring. It's hard to run I, from him. I think I think it's very similar to Garcia and Tank Davis, where Bivol would take the place of Garcia and Better Beef would be Tank Davis. I think it's very similar. I think Bivol, if he can control the outside and box a perfect fight or as close to perfect as possible, he wins. And of course, if Better Beef can close that gap, get inside, go to the body, slow him down, take the wheels away, put air, you know, take air out of the tires, he could get to him and it'd be Better Beef. But if I was forced with a gun to my head to pick one, I'm going the opposite and I'm going with Bevo. I understand Better Beef is a solid guy. He doesn't get credit for being technically solid enough, you know, because he's not that flashy guy with defense. He's a banger. He's a guy who gets to you. He's a guy who finds you. He's a guy who gets rid of you. But he also is technically very solid. So I agree with you on that. Um, as far as Spence and Crawford, who do you, all right, who's better? Let's put you on a little spot. Who's better? I personally, I personally believe that Terrence Crawford is the better, more versatile boxer. But I don't think he's the bigger, stronger fighter. I think that's Errol Spence. So yeah. the thing is, is that if Crawford can't hurt Errol Spence, then I could see Errol Spence getting him. But I certainly could see him outboxing Spence for 12 rounds and winning by decision. But a knockout, I believe, occurred with Errol Spence because I think he's the biggest, stronger fighter. And I think it would take a lot for Terrence Crawford to knock him out. All right, here you go. I think Crawford stops him late in the fight. It's possible. 
It's possible I think because Errol, and, and, and I love Spence. And I love Spence. Don't get me wrong. Spence is the bigger, more natural guy, as you just said. More natural, big, natural welterweight. And he's a hell of a body puncher. He he can put the pressure on you. He was an Olympian. Not stay there to get hit so he's got a pedigree. He knows what he's doing technically. He's solid. All of those things. And he uses a jab real well. That's why he beat Mikey Garcia the way he did. Because he's not just a walk-in, sick-and-destroy guy. He's, you know, Spence is more than that. He's a guy who's a good boxer. He's a guy who uses his jab really well. He's a southpaw. He uses that southpaw jab. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that Crawford has that I think is as good as any fight I've ever seen in my life. You know what it is, Stephen? He's got instincts. He's got certain kinds of instincts that, that you know, it's kind of like being a, a basketball player when the coach says, you can't coach size. You either got it or you don't. And, and you can't coach instincts. You either got it or you don't. And he's got some of the greatest instincts, instincts that I've ever seen with a fighter. Not to mention, he might be the greatest switch hitter that I've ever seen, where he can go from Southport to Orthodox and not miss a beat. Okay. Um, no disagreement there because he's something special. And we need to give respect where respect is due to the greatness that he's put on display. There's no doubt about it. But we've been waiting for him and Spence for a long time. And I would tell you, Spence confuses me because sometimes I look at Spence and I say, he's getting hit too much. But then I remember... He's getting hit because he's not worried about the punch and he's willing to take the chance against a, a, a fighter whose power he doesn't respect. And he's proven to be correct every single time thus far. We'll see whether or not that continues, but I have no problem with that. I, I would pick Crawford by decision. But if you told me that Crawford, one of them would stop the other late, I don't think it would be an early knockout. I definitely think it would go at least 10 rounds. Um, one of them would stop each other. I wouldn't rule out that possibility. Who's your top UFC fighter right now? Because I know you, 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 you do UFC too. You do MMA too. Just, a, just, 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 a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I would tell you, believe it or not, it was Usman until he got knocked out by Edwards with the kick. Yeah, I was yeah. stunned by that. I didn't see that coming. So was um, he. I'm, I'm a, he has a, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, the name I'm going to pick. Some people will challenge that because he hasn't fought in so long. But I'm one of those guys that when I think about the UFC, the first name that comes to my mind is John Bones Jones. I, I think agree. he's the best. I think he's the best on the planet. I don't think I don't see anyone. But he doesn't fight, him. Stephen. A., I, I, I he don't fight. I, I mean, you, I you, can, I you know, you can't you be think the greatest he beats fighter. Francis? If you don't get in. You can't be the greatest fighter if you don't get in the ring and fight. Well, and I'm now, just saying, but. But, 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 but no, no, he, he's, he, he's incredible and he's instinctive and he's got all those intangibles that the great ones have. There's no doubt. I, I mean, he's up there with me as one of the greatest with, with, uh, my, the guy that I think is his silver. Um, uh, Anderson, Anderson, Silva. Anderson, Anderson uh, that guy was special. That guy was so special. And I, I look at, I look at Jones in that same kind of light. Uh, and being special, being a, like a Bruce Lee, where you know they they walk to their own beat of their own drummer, and they do it their own way, and they make it special, uh, like an Ali did, being a pioneer, you know, obviously in boxing. But if he does fight, uh, in, if he does wind up fighting in Ganyu, yeah, w what do you think about that fight? 
I think technically and from an abilities perspective, I don't think Francis Ngannou is in the same stratosphere as John Bones Jones. The problem is he's so damn powerful. It's like, would you, he's massive. And I've met him, you know, I've met him a a couple of times. It's just standing next to the both of them. It's like, my God, I mean, and, 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 and Gano is like the man of steel. You just look at him and you touch him and it's like, everything hurts. You understand what I'm saying? You tap him on the shoulder, your hand hurts. You shake his hand, (laughs) your hand hurts. I mean, it's like, it's it's a brick wall. And it's like, oh my God, what can anybody do to this guy? I don't know the answer to that question, but I don't just go, but it's not your one loss record. Like for example, I think Israel Adesanya is one of the best ever. I think he's something special, but obviously he, he, he wants uh, to, to, you know, to be ever. So I'm looking at that. I'm like, okay, he lost this fight and, and, and get that. But I thought he was the better fighter. He just got caught with that punch. You look at George Foreman. George Foreman slaughtered people in his days. The most, to me, more menacing than Mike Tyson. George Foreman was a, was a monster. But, yeah, you yeah. know, he, but, but you, but Ali had better boxing skills, you know? And so you just look at guys like him, Jimmy Young and others, they had better boxing skills, but they didn't have George Foreman's power. So I don't go by just a record or even a face-to-face matchup. I go by your all-around skill sets, what you bring to the table, and who I think is the best in the world based off of that. I think right now it would be John Bones Jones. I think Francis Ngannou is the only person on the planet he might not be able to beat, and I emphasize might. Johnny Bones Jones also comes probably the most athletic family in the world to see his yes. brother yesterday for the Raiders. Yes. Uh, yeah, I saw the stupidest playing in the NFL history. That's what I saw. I mean, that, that was just a bad play by the New England Patriots to throw that. Very to, bad. To, to, to throw that. I mean, I couldn't believe that mistake, but, I mean, it happens. The way Chandler ran Mac Jones over, we talked about it earlier. I'm like, Mac, you can't just grab an ankle they, or something they, they, and hold they, it just they, for Mac, a exactly. second. He didn't even try. He didn't even try. It was just oh, so yeah, it's hard to watch. To the ground. Yeah, Stiffed arms, he just ran straight over him like he wasn't even there. I was like, can you just make yeah. an effort? Uh, hold on to a shoelace or something. That's right. Something. Yeah, that, <laughs> that family, though. <laughs> that hold Jones on. family, though, they've yeah. got, uh, they're doing athletes. something right there athletically. No question. no question. Listen, Stephen, I appreciate you more than you know, and you ever will know. I know that you're hungry. I know that you're out no more, and you, and you better buy some good presents for those sisters. Let oh, me tell Lord. you, you better get them what they want, um, and because they will get after you. Right. And I, you were good enough to stop your shopping after a long day, dip into a Roots Chris Steakhouse, go and get that steak, Thank you. I love you. Keep being the person you are, not just a fast talker, but the great person that not everyone always sees, but that I see and the people that matter see. Keep being that person, the one that your sisters and your mother raised, and they did a hell of a job. And please listen to Carmen, Carmen, uh, Carmen a little bit more than you do. Please. I'll try, but let me say this before I go, and I love you too, buddy, and happy holidays to both of you. Wish you nothing but the best in this new year to come. Let me say this to y'all real quick. I do have one fight I'm incredibly craving. I want Canelo versus David Benavides. I Ooh, want that's a he's not going to fight him. That's a yeah, but he's not going to fight him. Fight. I agree, but he ain't going to fight him. And I don't think he'll fight him. If he fights him, I have, 
I have newfound respect, and I got respect for Canelo, but I really, and he's the golden goose, and he's, you know, he's given favors. Let's be honest about it. He, you know, he he lays the golden eggs. So, you know, he can cut corners and all that, and he's he's handed the right guys, and the right guy was not Bevo. Bevo, Bevo, whatever you want to call him. Um, All right, college graduate, but whatever, (laughs) whatever. But he wasn't the right guy for him. He exposed him to a certain point. Um, I, but I would say that if he wants to call himself the rightful champion at 168 pounds, he yes. needs to fight Benavides, 100%. I, I think Benavides is the, is the truth, and I love Charlo. I love Jamal Cello, all right? And, and, but I don't want to see him and Benavides but, but, fight. But he, he better. And, 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 and no. Canelo gets to avoid him. I want yeah. both of them to get a shot at Canelo if possible. That's I think I Benav- I think Benavides beats everybody up there. I just think he's too big. He's too strong. I think he's gotten better. I think it was a little raw, a little green behind the right. ears, if you will. But yes. I, I think he's gotten better. And I he's really got do. And, and I like him. There's one other guy that maybe you missed that when Ken asked you about pound for pound, your best boxes. What do you think about, in a way, the Japanese fighter? He's a, he, he belongs on that list. Yeah, no, uh, without question. Pound. He's definitely yeah. on that list. He's Without question. He's a, I mean, he just destroyed somebody the other day, just toyed with them. Yeah, no did. argument there. And here's the thing. I will, let me get back to Benavides for a second. Yeah. I think Benavides beats everybody. I think he beats Canelo. I think he beats Charlo. And I love the Charlo twins. The bigger Charlo, I think he beats them. Okay? Um, I, 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 and then on the lightweight side, you know mm. who I'm getting upset about? I'm getting upset about Tiafimo Lopez. Oh. Because I look at Tiafimo Lopez. He's disintegrating. He has, Steven, he's, Steven he's, he's, if, if he's, the uh, truth's going to be spoken, he's disintegrating right in front of us like like a spaceship think, coming I in from so, out of order and, and from out of orbit, and, and the atmosphere is, is burning it up. He, he's getting less think, and that, less. That, that, that's right there. Right there is what my problem is with him. I don't see a guy that's disintegrating because the skills have eroded or anything else. I see a guy... God bless him and his family. I see a guy that's got his father in his corner. And I think that the pops is putting an inordinate amount of pressure. And rather than going in there and being that magician that I know he can be, it's like he's looking for the knockout. And then when it's not there, you understand the rest of his skills, he's not showcasing enough. Because his technique, his technique is horrible. His technique is 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 like non-existent because he doesn't have a teacher making sure that the technique is in play. Yeah, he's still okay. got his skills. I agree with you 100%. His skills, he's young. His skills are not gone, but but his technique, his delivery system of those skills is so eroded. It is so damaged. It is so non-existent. But, but that, that means he's that, just not using it, Teddy. Why is he not using it? Because we know he has it. But you might as well. It? But you might as well not have the talent, Stephen, if you're not using it. And right now, it's like you don't have it because it ain't showing up in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you because Cambosis, that was a legitimate victory, and he barely survived his last fight. And now those big money fights are going to evaporate from him. The potential for them because if you're Javante Davis or anybody else, why would you need to fight him? And by the way, I don't want to hear anybody throw, and for those out there who want to throw any shade, any shade at Lomachenko, let me remind folks. Uh, he's this a man was over fighter. in the Ukraine. This man hell was over there in the Ukraine. But wait a minute. This man was over in the Ukraine fighting. And, and his stable made music. 
Uzik. Yes. His stable mate, Uzik. Uzik. Same yes. thing. Uzik. Same Uzik. thing, yes. Steve. No I question. agree with you 100%. I don't, think he'll be, I, don't, I don't think he'll be Tyson Fury, though, but I will tell you this. Lomachenko was over there in the Ukraine fighting for his country yep. because they were attacked by Russia. We forget. I mean, you got people talking about him like, oh, my goodness, he just didn't fight in a while, and we're going to look at these other guys and like he was doing nothing. No. He was literally fighting you know, as a patriot for his country's, you know, literal survival. You know, women and children were being bombed. Hospitals and, 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 and elementary schools were being bombed. And that's this dude champion. was over there. That's a that's, champion. That's a champion. That's a champion. Yes. That's a champion. 100%, Stephen. Uh, you got to remember 100%. that. 100%. And listen, I will bet you a roots chris steak i like them i like them a lot they're good okay i will bet you a roots chris steak if uzik and fury ever fight i got uzik winning no way in hell is he being tyson fury you can cancel that okay i have a steak and cream spinach and all the the hash browns to come with it and what else do they have a special dessert everything all the trimmings everything and yeah. i get to bring your sister too he barely survived he barely survived anthony joshua please he's gonna get and and tyson fury would destroy anthony joshua and 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 he'll destroy uh, yeah, i agree too. with that i agree i think joe joyce would destroy uh joshua how you like that i think he would destroy him because he okay. reminds me of a younger George Foreman in some ways. Strong uh, Joe Joyce, the heavyweight, okay. who's undefeated okay. over there. He was a silver medalist from the Olympics, okay. and he hasn't been getting a lot of spotlight. But Fury brought him into the ring after his last fight, so people are talking about him a little bit. He's undefeated. Nobody really wants to fight him. Listen, well, Fury's not talking about fighting him. He's saying he's celebrating no, no, that. Yeah, he's celebrating the guy. That's all. But... I would like to see Joshua fight him. I don't want to. I don't want to see Joshua, you know, fight I want a, uh, against I want these other guys. Yeah, I, wanna, I agree with you. I agree with you. I want Joshua versus Wilder. Yeah, I'd yeah, like to too. see that. Or Joyce. I want that. Because Joyce has a granite chin. He's a big ponderous puncher. Uh, Kind of like a George Foreman. I would love to see if Wilder puts that TNT on his chin, what happens. But I would love to see Joshua. We know what's going to happen. Joshua can't take a punch from from anybody right now. But let me tell you. We know what's going to happen. Steven, I would love to see what you just said, Wilder and Joshua, but you're never going to see that. Joshua's going to, yeah, I was talking about Canelo being the golden goose mm-hmm. well, and, and being a little spoiled and, and being handed everything. Right. Joshua's the same thing across let, the pond. Same thing, same thing. Let me, say, they, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you before I get on out of here. And never get the very, ring with Wilder. It's very, it's very important that I say this. Anthony, and I hope Deontay Wilder is listening to this. I know it took him a while to get over that devastating loss in the trilogy, the Tyson Fury. Let's say this about Wilder. And people keep not, they don't bring this up. They just look at the fact that he fought, he went out on the shield, blah, 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 blah. A lot blah. of heart and he can right, punch right. like hell. Not, yeah. not a heart, lot of heart, can punch like hell. I will remind everybody, he was fighting a guy 38 pounds heavier than him. You don't do that every day. So if he put Tyson Fury down twice, what would he do to anybody else? Anything's possible. 
And I think it's really important. Oh, there's no doubt he can punch. He's an unbelievable punch with one hand, with the right hand. With the right hand. That's that's, that's right. Even though he's caught some people with the left hook too, but he's got this the right hand. His technique is not good. His technique is not good. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. But 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 he's got that great eraser. Right. The problem is, is that too many people, and he's bought into it to some degree, where you lose to Fury and stuff like that. There's no shame in losing to a guy that's a better boxer that was 38 pounds heavier than you. There's no shame in that. There's a lot of people that Wilder could still beat. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of people he could take out. Yeah, and I that's agree. somebody we want to see because when he step into the ring, you're looking for that nuclear right hand and he's going to bring it to you. Yeah, 100%. You're right. All right. Now go get that nuclear steak. Get that. I'm going to get, get it. it. And, and <laughs> my love to your family, Stephen. Same to you and yours. Love you, buddy. Talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Ken. Take care. All right. Thank you.